Geek Shock. Geek yeti, 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 yeti. Stomp, stomp, stomp. I'm stomping that yeti stomp. Stomp, stomp, stomp. I'm stomping that yeti stomp. But I did like the whole family uh, aspect of that movie. You know, I, I, I've, I've lightened up on five myself. I still think it's uh, the, the, the worst of the bunch. What about that still. fan dance? No, uh, no. Hey! Give me a coffee. Replaced, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shock number 112. I am Master Torgo. <laughs> I'm the famous Paul. What? 80s Jeff. Commander K. <laughs> Just Michael. And we're here to talk Weekend Geek. Gentlemen, what geeky things do you do? I love it. We started the podcast and, and Jeff's doing surgery on the mics. <laughs> I was checking to see if the batteries were okay before you started recording. <laughs> I Clear. had no idea you had already started recording. Oh I, I can't not when when the, we're talking about Star Trek Five. Really, <laughs> you know that, that, that means I have to start now. Well, it's like I I keep telling people I'm like, look, it's got a lot of faults. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debate that because it is fact. But uh, I I love the the family aspect of it. You know the whole you know we're not just brothers in arms. We're you know okay. You getting into slash fic? Are you? <laughs> no, 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 scary no, no, no slash. You pick. are cordially invited to the I'm wedding like of Jack Star Trek Fall, and I shall catch you. Yeah. I'm talking like when they're in the campfire and they're, you know, yeah. at the end. And he said, "I thought you got." You said guys like us don't have families, and he says I was wrong. Yeah, there is family in the yep. whole. That was a nice yeah. set of clips they had in the the Q Zone too. Yeah, that they had that running. I was wrong. Yeah, and then known. they do that little. They, they just slow it down as he does his little smile and then fade away. And... But, but you were saying you've lightened up on it. Yeah, um, actually, a lot of it's for the reason you said. Because I've always believed that the big allure of Trek. Uh, I'm sorry, but screw the the positive future and and all that nonsense. I've always felt it's the family. It's the connection between the big three. Yeah. Between Shatner, Nimoy, and Kelly. I think you fail to grasp the gravity of your situation, Captain. On the contrary, gravity is the foremost on my mind. <laughs> Hold still. <laughs> Hold still while I check your testicles, Captain. Hmm, Let's seem become to one with the rock. Wow, that's gravity, all right, Jim. <laughs> Jesus. Gravity will do that to you. <laughs> Those testicles, or is that a cowbell? <laughs> I have special shoes that kick them out of the way for me as I walk when I'm naked. <laughs> that's how bad it's gotten, Jim. God damn. <laughs> My balls hang so low the dog bats at them. My balls hang so low I leave I, I Oh leave my god. Foot, I leave footprints and a fucking race car track line in the sand when I walk on the beach. Are you are you we're, we're doing Dr. McCoy. McCoy balls hang so low jokes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Are you doing Dr. McCoy or yeah. are you doing Darth Sidious? No, I'm Dr. McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, my ball hangs so low. Because I, I, I've heard stories. When I get about, transported, uh, they show up three days later. <laughs> That's how low it takes that long. Because I've heard stories about a certain. My balls hang so low, and I have an elongated testicle sac that is indescribably long. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jim. Here's the thing. My wife, my wife, who I divorced. She used to wrap it around her finger, and people would come over at dinner parties. She'd use it like an oven mitt. 
I swear to God, I could be sitting at the dinner table and she'd come walking in with a tray of casserole, burning my crotch nads while she's holding them because that's what she was using. My wadded up sack area. That's how long and distended it was, Jim. That's how long and distended my balls are. Don't mince words, Bowen. Say what you really mean. My balls, Jim, are so long and distended. The last time we went into warp drive, they <laughs> slung all the way back to the after the ship. And somebody thought that it was a, a, a hairless rat. A long, hairless rat snake. What other geeky things you do this weekend? <laughs> uh, uh, nothing. Uh, nothing we yeah. played magic. We uh, did. We, we we opened up the magics. Yep. Uh oh, it's magic or? <laughs> yeah, uh oh, it's magic. We just sat and listened to it over and over again. Core twenty twelve sets. When I'm with you, that's fun. You forget how fun until you're back in the. Well, the fun thing battle. was we played we played with some pre made decks. Um, we play. I bought the the dragons and knights set a couple of weeks ago. And um, that was a fun match, but what we played was that mini masters game, which is great fun. I've never played this way before, but you get three of each uh, land, three of each mana, and then you open up a fresh pack, a fresh pack of fifteen, and you just go for it. That becomes your deck. So you have this mini master deck, and it's really, yeah, it's very random, it's as random as it gets. Yep. Wow. And there's, you know, but it's, but it's very fun. So you get to experience some different strategies, maybe, you know, look at things a little bit different than you would normally, and, and you get familiar with the new cards. It's great. And then that's your review. That's my opinion. <laughs> that's his story, and he's sticking to it. Anybody else here ever get caught in the magic thing? I was big into it, yeah. Yeah, about like, about like when? Like, stacks like, of decks. Uh, end of high school through, like, most of college. So that was ninety six to oh two. Okay, that sounds uh, about right. And yeah. so, why'd you get out? Why'd you get out? Uh, <clears throat> moved away from from my core magic group, and just didn't take the cards along with me, and just didn't uh, faded away. No, yeah, one. just faded away. Just That's the problem. You got to have somebody else to play it with. <laughs> Definitely, I really is. Not a collector. No, they don't have a magic solitaire game. Not yet. That's Single their player party. They got to figure that out. The man who figures that out, <clears throat> solitaire magic, will make a lot more money from Magic the Gathering Company <laughs> and Wizards of the Coast. Yes, I guess you could do a, a versus, you know, but you'd know what your decks were. Just test yeah. your decks, fight each other. <laughs> That's fucking boring. Yeah, <laughs> Chester Dicks. What? Huh? What about huh? Chester Dix? What? Jim, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Chester Dix, he had the opposite problem. Wiener, long as a football field. I was like, Chester Dix, me and you got to get together somewhere on Thanks, this. Thanks, Kirsten. You need my long balls. I need your hot rod. Going around a sun, you want to talk about slingshot effect. <laughs> <laughs> I read... That's not a moon. I read... <laughs> I finished reading uh, a book, Plague of Shadows, Sounds familiar. by an author named Howard Andrew Jones. He's uh, an up-and-coming uh, uh, sword and sorcery author, actually, and he uh, also uh, edits for Blackgate Magazine, 
probably the, the Tom best. Tom Jones' son? Nope. <clears throat> Absolutely nothing to do That's with him. That's not unusual. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, really. Or at least he hasn't claimed it. But uh, the, the interesting thing about the book is it's, it was a uh, Pathfinder tie-in novel. To oh, Path, uh, Pathfinder, the, the, the D&D stuff? The D&D third edition uh, uh, continuation. Hmm. And uh, most tie-in novels are such abominable quality that uh, I was interested in this because I knew his work from the magazine. Do they have abominable snowmen <laughs> in them? No. Uh, yeah. Thank so, you, Paul. Which actually so, we'll figure yeah. out and get in our news later on. So oh, it was actually very good. I was very, uh, very pleased with how well it was written and how tight the editing was. And uh, I definitely recommend it. So it came out of a magazine? <clears throat> no. No, he, uh, God, you're so busy formulating your jokes, you don't even fucking hear me. <laughs> I was listening to you. He edited for, uh, he edits for Blackgate Magazine. And uh, he it. also has a few short stories Is in there. Is that like Ebony? No. <laughs> See, you're going to ask me a it's question like five jet. minutes from it's now, more and like I'm going to cock punch you. It's more I'm like I'm going to cock oh, punch you like for King. not listening. It's more like King. <clears throat> I think it's more like Bubble Butts, really. <laughs> <laughs> Open the black like gate. Oh, if you dare, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> well, I got to get home, take a drink. <laughs> I finally got take around to Conan. The trolls was gathering at the gate. Oh, the gate. movie? The, the, <laughs> no, the breakfast cereal. Ah! <laughs> Conan. Conan, Conan the breakfast the cereal. Uh, I, very, I, was actually, I was fairly disappointed mm-hmm. when it really? came down to it. I was. I mean, I, what you said was right. It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah. But the first 15, 20 minutes, young Conan was... I was engaged but uh after that i just it seemed so disjointed Mm. i couldn't connect with it for the rest of the movie Mm. i mean it looked beautiful in lots of blood sometimes a little too much it looked ridiculous yeah that that i do have to agree with you the ridiculous blood because not only did it not look real it just looked ridiculous comic-y there was a lot of uh, cgi to blood moments Oh, yeah. yeah. But almost formulaic to the uh, 80s fantasy VHS films. because They were see, remaking the... Yeah. Yeah, and, and like <clears throat> every time a new character came on that wasn't a character, as far as like a named piece that's shown in the first 15 minutes of the movie, it was like, okay, here's the guy that runs in to get killed. Here's the next guy that runs in to get killed. Yeah. And it just nothing... When the little thief guy didn't get killed, I was amazed. That's true. Yeah, like, wow, yeah. he survived. You're right. That whole yeah, you're right. That yeah. thing's a tired. You know. Thing. Oh, and yeah, I've, there have been plenty of cool reviews out where uh, sword and sword, not movie fans, but sword and sorcery and Conan fans have been reviewing it, and they're given all these great rewrites and stuff like that. That's just like, wow, yeah, they should have done that. Oh, you know, like the big scene with the thief guy. And the tentacle thing, and he says, and after all that, they get up on the top of the castle and find out they went somewhere else. Yeah. And it was just like, why didn't they have the final battle there? That's actually a good point. You know, what happened? The, the elephants in the ships. Elephants yeah. in ships? What yeah. happened there? There's this whole bit, big old elephants yeah. moving this big ship all around the land, following yeah. Kyler Zinn and his daughter. And? That, that's, that's it. Just, that's it. Somewhere that's it. at the end of the second reel, it just stops. stops. You don't see the elephants anymore? <laughs> no, the elephants nope. aren't cheap, all right? You know? It's so, expensive to get them. Yeah, I mean, it, I, they were remaking an 80s fantasy movie. Um, it's funny, too, because the young Conan, that was some... Um, it wasn't Robert E. Howard, but they were actually making their own contribution and creating yeah. something, and that was interesting. And then as soon as they got to remaking the 80s thing... 
and and trying to smash uh, what's the term now fan service smash yeah. some Robert E. Howard mm -hmm. stuff in there it just got whacked was, yeah. and that's what, that's what I think was so uh, is upsetting there is there was is there a way to re-edit it? Could Ooh, you just yeah. the film that you had there? But maybe with some, some no, with no. You'd have to actually do some rewriting and some really funny banter. If we punched up that script, re-edited it, could it be the comedy smash of 2012? I would say I. I, I will comedy. say I'm, I'm looking forward Rose to the McGowan. riff tracks of this yeah, film. We I make Rose that. McGowan like this really funny. Ooh, we should do the, the Rose McGowan hate is amazing. I am discovering people either liked what she did or absolutely hate her. Actually, I'm not one of those. I was very mad with her. Yeah? I was like, yeah, it wasn't bad, but okay. uh, it was a little, little scenery chewy, but it's going in. I, guess, I, I can take I that in, in, a, in, a, yeah. in a pulpy adventure story. And you know what? It, but, Rose McGowan was never a great actress anyway. This is true. I mean, I mean she's, she's attractive, but eh. she's, not, she's not a great actress. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, You're not gonna? mince words. No. They shouldn't. They just should not have done the revenge thing. They should not have done it. I wish they hadn't. Yeah, I, I guess that's. I, I felt the need at the beginning, but then it just, it just tapered off. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, it, it almost felt like okay, you know, he's going to be free and slaves and partying and laughing and having fun, and then somebody comes along. Oh, killed my father, and it's like, okay, you guys are now forcing the whole revenge thing. Yeah, you know. I mean, you have him running around freeing slaves. Mm -hmm. So here's KLR Zim running around trying to collect these special magical pieces of stuff. The yes, collecting the MacGuffin of power to take over the world and bring back his wife and whatever he's going to do. If you have Conan freeing slaves at the beginning of the movie, it sounds like he's going to be motivated to go after Kalar Zinn and kick his ass because of that. And what he if, doesn't need the revenge thing. And what a fizzle of an ending with that whole power mask Don't thing. Don't call yeah. me a yes. fizzle. I, <laughs> I, I mentioned that before. I hate that sort of thing. Yeah. I now have the MacGuffin of power, and I'm going to attack you with my sword. Ping, 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 ping. <laughs> it was just... Nothing happened with it? No. no. Yeah, I mean, he didn't... Yeah. Yeah. No, really? Nothing? Yeah, like that. Like a unicorn horn? <laughs> no, it wasn't like a unicorn. Did you see that? It just had yeah, a little right there. It had a little a beak. It had a because it, it had a mouth face. Yes, it did. Hmm. So yeah, I didn't. Uh, so he was happy. A vag head. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's got an eye on it. <laughs> sure. but it no, no, it's out. a vag head. Just, yeah, just, let Jeff give up. Whatever. Surrender. Why, why not a vag head? <laughs> why not? Come try to fuck see, me now, now Conan. No, you see, that would be fuck good my because vag head is fuck very Cthulhu-esque. <laughs> Robert E. Howard wrote Cthulhu-type well, stuff there you go. and was a friend of Howard Welcome Warcraft, to so. vag head's realm. That or Dick Tracy. It might work in that. Hey, yeah, Dick well, Tracy, get your dick in this vag head. Oh, my God, Dick Tracy. Oh. I think you just wrote the next Wicked Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say about the Conan movie. I saw um, when I was uh, doing the uh, um, looting of borders, there, there was a Conan novel with the, uh, um, the poster of the movie on the cover. One of the posters. Conan, you know. And uh, I'm looking at that and I'm like, is that a novelization of the movie? And then I look at it and it says written by Robert E. Howard. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look what? at the cover and it actually says the stories that inspired the movie. And it was actually a that. collection. And not only that, but they chose some of the best Conan stories that he'd written. So The picnic one? Oh, fuck, <laughs> you know? God best. damn. <laughs> Jeff, would you just... God damn. <laughs> 
Fucking well, you don't like the picnic story? Oh, yeah. What do you got? What do you got against the picnic story? Oh man! Buy just... crumb, crumbs off my sandwich. Oh, I should have Jesus cut off the Christ. crust before I packed this picnic basket. <laughs> All right, before we get into this whole thing, we got, a, we got an email. He man goes on picnics. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he brings a sack lunch at Tila. He brings a sack. <laughs> Jim, let me tell you, the sack lunch. <laughs> Out of control. I wish I could eat it. Then it'd be done with. But I can't. I can't swallow my balls. Jim, if I did it, it'd form a Mobius loop in my intestine. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's what would happen, Jim. Really? What? The Rigillion Mobius strip worm. <laughs> goes in your intestines and loops around and goes into your intestines again and just never stops. Yeah. Email. Email. Yes. This is from Evan. He's a, he's a regular listener of the show. Hi, Couch Crew. Thanks for all the good recommendations of comic books and such on the show. I've yet to have yet to have read a bad review of your ideas, even Paul's. I'm uh-huh. I'm getting, he's, he's being nice. I'm getting the three trades of Irredeemable now from our only good reason to pay taxes, the library, and it looks good. I have a recommendation of my own if you haven't already heard about it or read it. It's a new book called Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. In a nutshell, it takes place about 30 years from now. The creator of the ultimate MMORPG and much more called Oasis has just died and placed an Easter egg in the game. The person who finds the egg inherits everything he had, sort of a bit like a morbid Willy Wonka. The great thing is the creator of Oasis grew up in the 80s and 90s and placed the clues to find the egg based on his childhood favorite movies and games. This book is more geek references than a Gundark could wrestle with and is a great story on top of it. Any author who has a character named Kira, my daughter's name, casually drops a reference in the story to Mad Max's last name and drives a DeLorean in real life gets my vote before reading a word. Give it a read if you can. Uh, I have to say, you know what? I've already started uh, Ready Player One. I've been uh, reading it for the last week. Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to make the show. It's a terrific novel. It is about the most geek-centric, geek fan service novel I've ever read. So it I've has been nothing to do with the Gallagher brothers. What's that? So it has nothing to do with the Gallagher brothers. No. No. Player Wonderwall? Player Wonderwall? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Wonderwall. Oh, no. Oasis, the game yeah. that he made? Yes. Oh. For some reason, I think it's like the Gallagher brothers, like the comedy. Oh. Got, and his brother that went out <laughs> and tour for him. I was like, where? I didn't realize that's an 80s reference, but how did you get that? <laughs> uh, I also have a question. Uh, going back to the email. Uh, a while back, you uh, didn't do an episode because you had a chance to go to uh, visit Hell's Kitchen. Is that anything you can talk about yet? I've always wanted to check it out myself as I'm a huge Gordon Ramsay fan. I'd love to hear details of the visit. Well, we still can't really talk about it. Yeah, it's uh, we can't get into specifics. Uh, mainly um, because uh, despite the fact that, yes, Hell's Kitchen just uh, is just finished up, that's not the season we saw. Yeah. The, we, um, the thing we saw was, I guess, a future season yet to have aired, so we really still can't talk about I have it. A, yeah, I've apparently found out since then that they run about three or four months ahead of what you see on TV. So well, Beyond that, I mean, we're... Yeah, almost uh, six whole, months. Yeah, Holy whole new season. shit! Yeah, we saw a show from a season that's not even Holy aired, shit! And the whole yeah. one came through it. Get out of are, town! Are cra- really? Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I guess we can tell you we, we didn't leave town to go see it uh, as much as we've talked many times because uh, uh, there is a uh, spot on the official website that you can you can book or try to make a reservation for dinner at Hell's Kitchen and go and, and eat there. But uh, the event that we saw was here in Vegas. Was it Eel Battle when you guys saw it? Eel Battle? Yeah, we can finally talk Eel about Battle! That's Iron Chef. What? Yeah, that's Iron <laughs> Chef. <laughs> what about... Hell's uh, <laughs> Kitchen! Hell's Kitchen! Oh, jeez. Who cook a meal My faster? God. Oh, man. <laughs> Make a kitchen in hell! Ooh, fire burning devil! Goo, hell doesn't, kitchen! Doesn't Shatner host Iron Chef USA? Does anybody know? Does he? I, I thought I it was the so good did, eats guy. Did Rachel Ray I, have to kick somebody off? How, what happened? <laughs> what the fuck are you <laughs> talking <laughs> about? Rachel Ray! She comes up out of Hell's Kitchen, she's like, I am Rachel Ray! <laughs> Welcome to Hell's Kitchen! I Today I kicked someone <laughs> off! Gaze into my vagina and weep! Weep! <laughs> After no you eat you spicy food, there. don't turn on Food Network and go to sleep. Because obviously... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yes, my dad's Paul's problem. Yes. <laughs> All I know is the last time I saw Hell's Kitchen, Mario Batali had a fist fight with... Uh, Here's a kitchen, the guy. That's not Hell's Kitchen! <laughs> That's a... <laughs> That's yeah, Iron fight. Chef, you idiot. <laughs> what about Flavor Flav? Oh. Did he show up? He's like, what's the flavor? What's the flavor? <laughs> is it curry? Where, where is what's Barry when we need him? Where is Barry oh. with Paul's leash? Listen. Little choke leash. I, I just want to know if Bobby Flay <laughs> won or not. Did he yes. win? Yes, he won. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Now okay. I know. God. Evan Bobby Flay! <laughs> Evan continues, I may have my own bit of reality show geek experience with the show Pawn Stars next week for an item they have expressed interest in having me come down and film with. If it all goes well and you're interested, I'll report on what I can. Thanks again, guys, for a great show each week. Evan Malik. Yay. Pawn so, Stars. Yes, Evan, yeah. I want to know what happens with your Pawn Star experience. So, yes, email me, whatever. I want to know. I have a love-hate relationship with that show. I have a love love relationship with that show. I, show. I enjoy the items that get brought in. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by the history and so forth with them. I hate every single <laughs> quote unquote actor, character, whatever you want to call them they're on the show. People, Jeff. No, they're not people. <laughs> they're idiots. They yeah, are awful. Yeah, Progressive Paul steps up money. to the plate. They're people. The, the, the father, the, the old the old, the man, old man they call him. Yeah. Oh. I can't have what? a scrap of my shop. No, I can't he's have not great. He's irritating. Chum Lee, what the hell do you buy? Get this out of here. Brother or whatever? Oh. Chum Lee. Chum Lee's awesome. What are you talking about? I can't be buying all this garbage. <laughs> I can't be buying it. Why did you even look at it? You should so, have sold it really like so the old man guy. just Solar? Because yeah, it sounds like old They're all the same. They're all the same. They're all the same. I was going to say, he's like, I got to go film my next movie review. Yeah. Oh, I'll wow. be right back. Hold on. I got to do. Oh, I wanna, you want a pizza roll? <laughs> Email me. For no, a I want you roll. to buy this old kinetoscope I found. Let me look at it. No, I can't tell. I had to get my appraiser in here. I'll keep him in the basement. Well, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, that would actually be cool. <laughs> that would be a show to watch. You've heard about uh, Kevin Smith's pawn thing that he's doing. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be on later the show. Details on that. Yeah. So why don't we go into the show? But first news you don't give a shit about. Yay! Yeah. Uh, National Archivists have uh, discovered that the U.S. State Department and the Forest Service and uh, the U.S. Embassy in Nepal all took the existence somewhere of the creature known as the Yeti very, very seriously. <laughs> Here you go. Now, I'll tell you this: the thing, the crazy, creepy thing that, uh, for those of you who may have heard my uh, appearance on uh, Gentleman of Ill Repute, did you hear the Gentleman of Ill Repute podcast that the boys recorded? No. Brian uh, talked about the Yeti situation. Yes. Do you know the Yeti story as regards the Mormon faith? Oh, please. Uh, please enlighten me. So, I grew up in the Mormon faith, and this is news to me. You don't know about this? <laughs> I have not heard this. The legend is that the Yeti, or Sasquatch, yes. Bigfoot, okay. is rumored to be Cain. Fun. What? Cain. Kicked out of Eden, deformed and dark-skinned Cain. And Harry, it's Cain. But the Yeti was white. Really? Yeah. Or, and, and his descendants. Well, that's the, that's, the, that's yeah, the Mormon spin. But- Creepy, huh? I like it. And here's, I mean, here's they stole it from <clears throat> Vampire the Gathering. Yeah, yeah, it's all the yeah. same. Well, here's here's my here's my wife's story. Vampire the Gathering. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a hybrid card game. Vampire the Gathering. <laughs> and, and, and emo children. What cracks me up is this is in that's when that's when Lestat's panties getting a bunch. <laughs> that's Vampire the Gathering. <laughs> Ooh, I got such a pinch on my nut. <laughs> I got vampire gathering. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I can't go bite nobody like this. Oh, I'm a mess. Oh. But the pinch is just so hard you think I, you got bit. Is why am I wearing these pantyhose? Oh, it makes my legs so nice and milky white. It's not worth it. Mm. Oh. You were saying something, Jeff? Oh, the pinching. I'm not going to no, no, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, it's funny that this is news we don't give a shit about, because as soon as you mentioned that, Paul sat up straight up in his chair like I've never seen. Well, like, listen. Practically jumped out of his chair. Here's the other, here's the other creepy Sasquatch story. <laughs> okay. So, my wife, uh, her family lives out in Pennsylvania. Okay. And BFE Pennsylvania. The woods and shit. Like, <laughs> like where the, you grew up. Like, no, no. This is the dark-ass, no-cell reception woods. Like the banjo music? It's scary. The, anyway, dun, 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 it's dun, out dun, there. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Back in the 70s, uh, late 60s, early 70s, I can't recall exactly. I'll have to get the details from her at some point. But there was a UFO slash Sasquatch incident <laughs> right in her... <laughs> County, right, right around where her, I like there was an her, incident. Her family. <laughs> no, it's an incident. It's a big thing. It's in all the papers. You can check it out on the microfiche. Is that the what they what call it you. up there? The incident. It, seriously, they do. They call it the incident. Okay. So there were there were sheriff's deputies discharging weapons at these creatures. There was all kinds of reports of sightings of ships what? and creatures. I'm I'm telling you, it was an incident. Are you sure you weren't just reading a, an issue of Alpha Flight? No. <laughs> I'm 
telling you. I wish. Nice. I wish. Nice. My wife is still terrified of aliens and Sasquatches. No, 60s, 70s was the, I mean. That's the Barney Hill days. That was the height of the the, the whole Monsters Among Us uh, craziness, Sasquatch craziness. In search uh, of, man. Yeah. Yes, in search of. I can totally (laughs) believe that. People were freaking. This shit happened. (laughs) Okay. Something and then Marvel happened. wrote about it. Sure. So in the 50s, uh, archivist uh, Mark Murphy said he couldn't believe his eyes when he discovered the long ignored papers written at the end of the Eisenhower, Eisenhower administration. Quote, I thought I was seeing things. He said these documents show that finding the Yeti was a big deal in the 1950s. <laughs> there you go. It goes to show the government was taking this seriously. How seriously? <clears throat> they endorsed they and actually got a Yeti to find other Yetis. No, they endorsed and enforced <laughs> Nepal's own rules on expeditions seeking out the elusive beast. Uh, regulations required expeditions to pay a special Yeti finding permit. <laughs> agree not to attempt to harm any Yeti they found unless it was in self-defense. And to turn over all news of the beast to Nepalese authorities instead of any news organizations. Uh, dumb. Did you hear about the uh, little yeah, girl? Yeah, that, that Paul oh, can't yeah. believe. <laughs> That's preposterous. About, did you hear about the, the new uh, little girl's toy line coming out called Yeti Spaghetti <laughs> instead of Betty Spaghetti? Now, <laughs> Hang on. Let me, per- let me um, channel Barry here for a second. Shut up. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Uh, news you don't give a shit about. Yetis. In the get ready for death column. Get ready for Yeti. Get ready for Yeti. Yeah, that's a, that's a great <laughs> tagline for something. Yeti. <laughs> I'm as Yeti as I'll ever be. <laughs> Rest- All Yeti then. Yeti set go. Oh, we got to make a t-shirt that says Yeti set go with a Yeti on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, me a TM. Opposed to lasagna. Huh? Yeti set go. What else would you put on that shirt? What do you mean? What else would I put on that go? Oh, what? sure. Put a big put a big piece of lasagna on there. Confuse <laughs> the fuck out of people. The Yeti's this going for the lasagna. Go, there's a big lasagna. No, you don't see the Yeti. You just oh, see okay. lasagna. And right. like, what? And on the back, there's like Garfield scratching his head. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> he says, "I hate Mondays." <laughs> and mythological creatures from Nepal. <laughs> I can see the picture of the Yeti replacing the word and then the word set and go underneath it. But really? No! Lasagna? No! Just It Yeti just says go. Yeti set go. It does no, the word not Yeti. Even put Yeti. Just put the picture. That's right. Bigfoot set go. <laughs> Sasquatch <laughs> set go. Yeah, it writes itself. Now we sound like a, a, a North American uh, Inuit ninja team. <laughs> Sasquatch set go. <laughs> if there was an Inuit ninja team. That'd be great. It is an Inuit ninja <laughs> team. They're just so good at their job, you don't know about it. Oh, oh wow. Dude. Watch out, folks. Mike's on fire. That's true. Get the hose. He's right. Spray him A down. real ninja. You don't see them motherfuckers. You don't see them. I bet oh, if I shine man. the light just right, their topaz would reflect in the fucking light. I <laughs> <laughs> can see your fucking green jewels, you shit. <laughs> Restaurant chain Denny's. Is updated oh, to two dollar, four dollar, six dollar, eight dollar value kind menu by items. calling out a restaurant chain. <laughs> Let's get it right. Dog food refinery, <laughs> Denny's. Those are the guys sucking on McDonald's. Re- <laughs> Render plant backwash <laughs> air disposal unit, Denny's. 
Along with that comes the <laughs> fried cheese melt. Oh, this is the ultimate super calorie food. For only $4, a Denny's customer can eat a sandwich that contains four fried mozzarella sticks and melted American cheese stuffed between two slices of sourdough bread. Oh, Served sourdough. with French fries and a side of marinara sauce. Oh, good. They got French fries. What's the <laughs> calories? Did you, what are the calories? I don't know the calories. I think it's close to 4,000. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise can me. Can we get cheese fries with that? <laughs> It comes in a pancake. In other oh, news, they have renamed that sandwich the famous Paul. Oh! Damn. Eat that shit. Come yes, on. Oh, hey, me? Poor Barry. <laughs> He's missing out. Dude, you put, you eat Chip Buddy. I'll tell you what. Chip Buddy was good. Uh, I, there was, Todd will have to tell you, not you, Todd, other Todd. Uh, League? League will have to tell you that story about me eating that Wendy's hamburger. It was the worst. Mm-hmm. But it's good. All right. Go on. <laughs> That's no, no. For, for people that don't know, the chip, the chip buddy that I'm talking to, uh, talking about, is a sandwich where they take a slice of bread, slather it with butter, and they put French fries on top of it. Yeah, it's, a, it's an English classic. It's awful. It's good. I mean, it's good for like, you, but yes, it's an English classic. You ate like two of them that day. No way. Yes. Oh, there was a day. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of tea with it. We, so were, it was okay. we were at uh, Crown and Anchor. Ah, and good times. Paul just stuffed it away. It was good. No. <laughs> and that's it for the shit news. We Aww. gotta move on. We gotta Yay. move on. Well, so much we can geek. Yes, all that cheese in every episode. It does kind of constipate. Yeah. Huh? Oh. All right, we can geek. Uh, Kevin Smith. Yay! Yes. Yes. Speaking of, oh no, who has vowed to retire from making movies will continue to live his life as a proud geek. AMC has just picked up the unscripted show entitled Secret Stash that will take place in Smith's Red Bank, New Jersey comic book shop. Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. Uh, for his part, Smith is very excited to be part of this sort of AMC revolution, comparing it to Miramax in the mid-1990s. Quote, AMC is to television what Miramax was to cinema back when I first got in the game. They're the premier destination for any storyteller looking to spin off an offbeat yarn that no other outlet has the stones to touch. And as if I didn't love them enough, now they're putting my friends on TV. I'm ecstatic, proud, and extremely lucky, lucky to be in bed with a network I watch religiously anyway. Unquote. The show promises to remind everyone of how important and special independent comic book stores are to the comic book industry. It will touch on the employees, the customers, and the comics themselves. The show will also explore cons. Uh, no word yet on who exactly will be involved. The show is expected to begin airing on AMC in the first quarter of 2012. I'm curious. I look forward to that. That should be good. I, I am mm-hmm. I am fascinated with comic book stores, even the business side of comic book stores. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a unique microcosm of geekery. It truly is. It's going to be uh, a cool show. I can't remember the that. number of friends I had growing up that, that that was like, oh, when I grow up, I want to own my own comic book store. <laughs> yeah. well, every proper, proper comic shop should have a couch in it. Just saying. Yeah, should. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the second season when they cut its budget. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do twice as many episodes on half the budget. There you go. And speaking of, here is the press release for the upcoming Walking Dead season two. Ah, uh, I have read this. AMC's critically acclaimed original series, The Walking Dead, is back with its much-anticipated second thirteen-episode season. Kicking off a two-week-long fear fest, the network will once again present viewers with a 90-minute premiere episode, airing at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, October 16th, with six one-hour episodes in the weeks following. The final six episodes of the season will commence on Sunday, February 12th, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
The 90-minute version will also be launched globally on all Fox International channels following the U.S. premiere the week of October 17th through the 23rd. Uh, season 2 will reach Fox audiences in 122 countries, speaking 35 languages, and will be seen in over 200 million households globally. So, yes, they're splitting up Season 2 into uh, basically fall and winter. So it's like they're doing two, <clears throat> two more seasons of the original first season's format. Yeah. They're just calling it one season. I got gotcha. you. Could could American television actually adopt the British model like that? Possibly the, the twelve doing, episode well, season. Well, doing, doing many many seasons. Well, it seems to me that uh, that's kind of how cable is moving. Yeah, like cable general. series. Yeah, cable I mean, yeah, networks are that. still doing the twenty-two episode series, but mm. when it comes to effects, when it comes yeah. to the paid uh, cable channels, it's all twelve yeah. episode it, stuff. It, it reminds me of remember we talked about this a couple months ago. The uh, oh. Uh, the the Joey Show. Uh, oh oh, uh, um, what's his name is on Matt LeBlanc is yes, on, and uh, they were talking about making yeah. making TV shows, and he's having the discussion with the British writer, yeah. and he discusses how, how many, many series, seas- do, yeah. how many series do you do, and well, we do X, and yeah, we, we do twenty four episodes, Sam yeah, seasons out here. Was he on, Was it when he was on Graham Norton? No, 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 no. So this, is, this is actually the, 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 the HBO show. or Showtime show. Oh, what, what is it called? Where he played, uh, Mac LeBlanc plays himself. I can't. Entourage? No, it's, no, it's on. Uh, the basic uh, premise of the series yeah. is that a show in Britain becomes so popular it is bought by an American company to be translated overseas. And then it And course, they bring over the original creators of the show from England to America. Like The Office. To oversee it. Yes. And then and, they change everything. And, and then, then it sh- goes into the whole Americanization gotcha, of a right. TV show. Including starring Matt LeBlanc. But they actually <laughs> take a rather, yes, they take an interesting, even-handed approach because they approach all angles. And LeBlanc actually has this interesting conversation with the guy about, you know, a, a situation where he basically talks about American television versus British television writing. And, and it kind of, one of the things that ties into it is the, the mini-nature of the British, the British series, where six... Six episodes is a series for them. Yeah. Well, like and some, actually, some, they, some they, series are 12 episodes. Yeah. Seasons, and they even call they them series. Up. They like, don't even call them seasons. Yeah. yeah. So I was well, just... like, yeah, the current Doctor Who season um, is like 12 episodes, but they, they, they did like. Uh, well, what they they're did doing six, with The uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, they did yeah. six episodes and then they had like a two month break. Or is it three? No, two month break, and now they're starting up the next six. Yeah. Well, of it, this quote unquote I think series. <clears throat> it sounds like it would be. Uh, I don't know. Hey, you know what? If it makes for good storytelling, I don't care how long or right. short the season is, because there is something to be said for about padded shows. Too. Well, maybe yeah. that's the thing. It's when you go towards arcing story structures, the the the, the shorter series and the block better suits. Because when you have yeah the the monstrous twenty four mm-hmm. episodes or something like that, that's part of it why is the episodes. HP, the it's shows. episodes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. duh. <laughs> All right. So um, when you have twenty four episodes, you end up with a lot of padding because mm-hmm. doing a twenty four episode arc of something can be nightmarish. And HBO is really kind of the originator of bringing that whole twelve thirteen episode season yeah. to the states. And they address right. that in that conversation. You know, <laughs> it's like you know one theme that's going to be throughout the show. How do you stretch that out right. over twenty four exactly. episodes versus twelve episodes? Exactly. Or you know, okay. Or subsequent, yeah, that 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 really was a great show. Uh, if if people are ever interested in like the whole Hollywood process and so forth, and, yeah, you know the comedy that ensues. Well, it started out as a typical evening for twenty-two-year-old Brooke Collins. She let her dogs out as usual, 
But this time... Who let the dogs out? Uh, Brooke. Brooke, 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 Brooke. I was waiting. Who let the dogs out? But this time, uh, who? she said there was a black who? bear outside. Who? 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 Who let the dogs out? I told you, Brooke. <laughs> Brooke Collins. Uh, yeah. Don't. <laughs> don't. Don't. But you, you just see no. it in your eye. You no. Did. Uh, no. No. Back uh, up. Back. Don't. <laughs> this, this is you, where you, you are. You need to hear this, Todd. This I might have told you this before. <laughs> There's a hard rock in Nassau. Oh. The boat was in Nassau. Yes. And one of the prominent displays at the front of the restaurant is the Grammy for the Baja Man. <laughs> Who let the dogs There's out? There's pride. It's pride. It's something. Baja pride. <laughs> she let her dogs out. Quote, unquote. <laughs> but this time, she said there was a black bear outside who took hold of her dachshund. How did fudge. she know it was a black bear? Colin said she didn't see the bear outside. <laughs> When she let the dogs out around... Wait, who? Who let the dogs out? (laughs) Who let the dogs out? God! Who did it? I gotta be careful. Dogs, not puppies. Who let the dogs out? She said Fudge just darted out and the barking... (laughs) Fudge darted out? I bet it did. If she was scared enough... I saw a big old black bear. I'd be fudging. And Fudge be out of these Fudge darted right out of it. You're never gonna make it through this story. No. No. Fudge darted out. <laughs> and the sad thing is I actually want to hear the rest of yeah. the story. <laughs> so to recap. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Brooke Collins. Okay, got that. F- let Fudge out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> fudge darted out. <laughs> oh, this is going to so change. <laughs> and the barking could be heard almost instantly. She said the barking was the most horrible sound in the world. Oh. Colin said when she looked outside, she saw a bear was crouching down with fudge in its paws. <laughs> it's just a hungry bear loving chocolate. And was Every biting. bear likes fudge. Biting the back of the dog's neck. Was it a gummy bear? It's just tummy. The bear was carrying her like a salmon, it's she Lorenzo said. music. Uh, Colin said she almost inst- she instinctively went up and did the first thing she thought of. <laughs> she punched the bear's face and scooped away the dog when it let go. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Really? Twenty-two-year-old yeah. Collins walked up and punched the bear in the face. She said her boyfriend Regan O'Toole came out upon hearing the screaming. What's his name? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> regular tool? Her regular, her regular tool? Regan. O'Toole. Regular, <laughs> regular tool? Her regular tool? That's so he, well, so he is her regular yes, tool. So, yeah. yeah. Wait, who let the dogs out? Uh, that would be uh, Brooke Collins. Okay, got it. That was okay. <laughs> Upon hearing the screaming, O'Toole said the bear already looked startled from being punched at that point. He was just trying to eat fudge. He said the animal went down the driveway into the bushes to the mountain as he ran toward it. As he ran toward it. Okay. Her dog suffered some claw and bite marks, but they weren't deep, so she said she decided not to take Fudge to the vet. She said the dog or appeared to be more shocked than injured. <laughs> She's keeping an eye on the marks, and Fudge will get checked out if they appear infected. <laughs> infected. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you don't yeah. want that infected Fudge. Don't infect your Fudge. All right. So oh, boy. That story straight. did not go anywhere. Let me get this straight. I'm Who sure let the dog out? Exactly where you thought it was, it was going Brooke to go. Collins. Okay, I'm sure it went exactly where you thought it was going to go. 
Uh, was it a bear or a Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows for sure at this point. That's true. They were fu- they were filming a messing with Sasquatch in the This girl just comes out of nowhere and punches the poor guy in the face. <laughs> like, what's going on? What the fuck, man? I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> Uh, keeping in the animal land, uh, villagers of the uh, Bunawan Township. The what? The Bunawan what? Township. Bunawan? In Agusan Bunawana? del Sur Province. I'm sorry. Captured a Bless salt, you. saltwater crocodile okay. weighing in at over one ton. <whistles> Along a creek after a three week hunt, Mayor Edwin Cox Eldore said that the crocodile was witnessed attacking and killing a water buffalo last month and is also suspected of attacking a fisherman who went missing in July. After a team of hunters saw the crocodile at a nearby creek, they set four traps, but the crocodile destroyed them, so the hunters replaced and destroyed the destroyed traps with sturdier ones that employed the use of steel cables, which managed to ensnare the crocodile. The crocodile weighed in at 2,370 pounds and is over 22 feet in length. Wow. God damn. So around 100 people had to lug the fella from the creek to a clearing where it was loaded onto a truck via a crane. The Are crocodile, still alive? Yes. The crocodile was then transported to a fenced area where the town plans to build an ecotourism park showcasing the various species found in the marshland <laughs> of Agusan. Uh, El, uh, Mayor Eldore hopes the crocodile will become the next biggest star of the park, citing they may have turned the uh, reptile from a threat to an asset. So they... Come see the man-eating crocodile. I would go see a two-foot crocodile. Come on, have you not seen Jurassic Park? This is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, put it in a fenced-in area. More news coming later. <laughs> I don't think Bong Wong Village builds the best fences. <laughs> Something tells me Happy Bun Dang Wang doesn't necessarily know their way around a fence. Oh. I wouldn't trust oh. him. So, so... Welcome when, to Bing Tang Tanga Wong Village. The village that used to be here before a giant fucking crocodile that we brought into the village broke the fucking village. When are we going to get out of news we don't give a shit about? Oh! Well, this crocodile, if he ever does give a shit, we might find out what happened to that lost fisherman. <laughs> they still didn't find that fisherman? Uh, no, I'm sure he's not. Yeah. You sure he's what? I'm sure he's name? like... Gone that, from crocodile food to fish food. He's been are cro- you insinuating that cro- fish shit. eat crocodile shit? <laughs> yes. Gross. <laughs> I I happen to like fish. <laughs> what, like eating them that or what do, you, what do you think catfish and and what? shrimp and and fucking what? lobsters eat? Gross. Ever heard feeders. the term bottom feeder? It don't mean what you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite Belladonna video. Oh. <laughs> There it, is. <laughs> well, it does mean what you think. Nine to five Mac reports that an announcement was made at a Las Vegas trade show that GameStop will begin carrying the full line of Apple iOS devices in stores. Why? GameStop has also begun accepting iOS device trade-ins for in-store credit. The stocking of iOS devices would make sense for the <laughs> game store come pawn shop as the mobile device there it market is, right there. is technically pawn shop. the biggest market of game gamers, albeit the extremely casual market of gamers who are outside of GameStop's reach. Uh, current rumor is that iPhone 5 will hit uh, this October and will launch on AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile, although there isn't any word yet regarding how GameStop will handle device activation. GameStop has eight more years. You heard it here first. Yeah, that. market. Yep. 
I'm, I'm oh, still. It'll, it'll have eight more years because it's going with saturated. Five. Uh, I think it's too saturated that to close every single store in five, but maybe if the things keep Well, look how fast going. Circuit City <clears throat> went down. Yeah, but Circuit City goes down quick because it's a whore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. You buy Circuit City. A, you buy Circuit City a Whopper, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> Hell, Best Buy is losing money. Yeah, because they're not putting out. <laughs> I bought that bitch a fucking Sunday. <laughs> the pigeon fucking Sunday. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Like Excuse me. Uh, the pigeon fucking Sunday. That's what it sounded like you said. Oh my god! Not just any older ordinary. That's Sunday. the new thirty-one flavors special. <laughs> the pigeon fucking Sunday. It's got one of those drinky birds in it, except it's got a wiener where its beak should be. They're gonna adapt a U two song to it. Pigeon fucking Sunday. <laughs> Pigeon fucking Sunday. Thanks for that suggestion. <laughs> how long? How long must I suck this dog? How long? How long? Cause in flight, you can be a pigeon in flight. Stars has announced that it will not renew its deal with Netflix, which yep. provides Netflix subscribers with streaming content from the Stars and Encore brands. Wait a minute, where am I going to get my horrible eighth and ninth Leprechaun movies? <laughs> which will take effect starting <laughs> February 2012. Uh, Stars not uh, only wanted Netflix to pay, pay a premium price for its content, but also it wanted Netflix users to pay more as well. And even though Netflix offered Stars more over three hundred million dollars, Stars decided to end the deal. Stars is crap. If you are desperate to see the latest Ice Cube family comedy, Stars is what you need. Otherwise, garbage. Oh, sto- well, Spartacus. Um, okay, Spartacus. Spartacus. But you buy that on DVD. The, the problem, also, though, Paul, is that Stars has a lot more licensing deals exactly. than their umbrella. They are the ones that distribute the Disney films to the streaming now. So you're going to lose all your well, Disney films. Disney's never going to come to Netflix anyway. Well, Disney's they're, they're uh, already there. Uh, Disney what? was because of stars. <laughs> oh, well, never again. But now they're not. Now never they're not again. there. Well, that's See? the reason why. Paul was right in the future. Yeah, yeah, where it counts. <laughs> A person close to the talks between Netflix and Stars claimed Netflix was willing to pay over ten times more than what they pay now for Walt Disney and Sony Pictures movies, See? as well as the original programming Stars controls. Disney's like, Fuck the Stars you. catalog represents a pretty large backlog of movies, not particularly the newest films, but popular good. ones. No. And losing those and the handful of original series seems like quite a blow for Netflix. Barf, not. Uh, I think they own more licenses than you realize. Yeah, Paul. that's think, that's the yeah, thing, Paul. They, they, I yeah, it's gonna hurt Netflix. I was reading well, about then, this on Engadget, and Engadget had a large list of the properties that Stars distributes to Netflix. They're gonna lose a lot of content. Coming well, then they're first. starting their own thing. That's what's happening. Well, actually, yeah, I, I, I did Disney. you? I don't know if you referenced it in there. I didn't, but, uh, no, I didn't see anything speci- uh, that was the, in stone yet, so I didn't. Yeah, I, there, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but the rumor is that uh, uh, Dish Network, who just bought the Blockbuster name a few months ago, is starting their own competing streaming network, and Stars has signed with them exclusively. All so, right. What? Yes. Those bitches. So, yeah. Hey, that's competition, the, bring it. 
That's uh, that's yeah, that, that is the Netflix working subscription theory back right down now. again. I just paid eighteen bucks this month. God yeah, damn will, you! Will I get Blockbuster on fucking Sunday? Mm. Still cheaper than what you. Would it is still right cheap. Now. I love it. I still love my Netflix. Mark Post, a scientist at the uh, Maastricht University in the Netherlands. I'm sorry. What Maastricht? I'm sorry. Maastricht. I'm so- who let the dogs out? Uh, Mark Post this okay. time. Okay. Uh, and the Netherlands believes that a meat breakthrough is on the way. In- a meat breakthrough, <laughs> sir. Ow! <laughs> Ouch! Take that. That's what you get for bending over to pick up the soap. A meat bake breakthrough. <laughs> Ouch! And Oof! And Oof! Take that, you pigeon oh, fucking Sunday! I, I can't wait to say this next sentence. Oh, right. you get a meat breakthrough, and then <laughs> zoink! And Fudge comes shooting out, darting out, <laughs> darting out. You're right. In six months, we could have our first taste of lab-grown sausage. <laughs> Hey, you don't have to wait six months, ladies. <laughs> just, I just put it out there. Any ladies hungry That's for right. some lab-grown I'll buy you a Sunday, and he's all yours. I keep it in what I call a quote-unquote beaker. Post I have plenty of speculums on my or oh, spe- specimens. Oh. I have a quote-unquote Bunsen burner. Post has experimented with pig cells and found a way to what? nurture and grow them in a lab setting. So far, he's created strips of muscle-like tissue that are two and a half centimeters long by 0.7 centimeters wide. He's growing <laughs> pig cocks! <laughs> he's growing nightmare zombie pig cocks! We're going to be killed by zombie lab pig cocks! Oh, come on, man. How big go. did he say? Here you go, you? girls. Eat the sundae, and then Paul will whip out his 2.5 centimeters. <laughs> Bitch, you can't handle these centimeters. Woo, look out. They were just doing this a few months back with uh, beef, with yeah. beef cells. Well, yeah. That, that, yeah, this is the, but those were uh, created by shit. These were not. No, 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 no not the, no, not the shit one. They, they've been working they've done on shit and lab beef. Those that, other that, scientists that, were clearly Muslim. Well, well yeah, yeah the beef ones, it's not going to sell in India because of the Hindus. So you have to go up yeah. to the next level, pork. Well, I mean, which like, will do big in Poland. Just because it's made from, it's made from beef cells, is it cow still? Oh my I mean, god! Like, You're talking about religion, dude. All it's, right. it's, <laughs> it's yeah. They'll modify it to like. Can a vegetarian belief. eat this stuff? Just wait till they. Just wait till the first time they have a rabbi come in to certify the lab is kosher. All right. Well, at some point it was from an actual animal, right? Yes, the they took the live yeah. cells and then they cultured them to form like basically a large right. ball of meat. That could be cooked. Well, it says he get, he gives them plenty of TLC, which includes exercise, so they gain the consistency of real muscle. But at the moment, he claims the strips are lacking the right color, which is a dead giveaway. They're fake. Quote, he is jacking off his fake pig wieners day and day. Quote, it's white because there's no blood in it and very little uh, myoglobin, the iron-bearing protein, he says. We are looking at ways to build up the myoglobin content to give it color. So it's... <laughs> Wow, Paul's got nothing. He's speechless. I never thought I'd see the day. He's, he's, he's furiously nothing. trying to find something that rhymes with yeah, myoglobin. You can, see, you can see the gears turning, but there's nothing coming out. Now I know the word to shout out the next time I see him doing an improv song game. Yeah, myoglobin. Myoglobin! <laughs> Fuck you and your iron-holding blood substance. <laughs> so, wow. myoglobin, there's myoglobin, there's hemoglobin. 
There's the Green Goblin. <laughs> That's all you can come up with. What? What? what do you want? What do you want? He fights Peter That's Parker. Right. Hey, Jeff, not everyone can be a winner. That's right. That's right. They're not all gems. They're all get, rare. They're rarely uh, gems. Get Parker in here right now. I What's like going it. on, Jay Jonah? Oh, we got Maya Globin. Who? The Maya Globin. VG247.com reports that a recent conference call with investors, Chinese publisher Perfect World, indicated that before the end of the year, it would be transitioning Star Trek Online to a free-to-play model. The Star Trek-based MMORPG was launched in early 2010, and originally published by Atari developer Cryptic (laughs) Studios, was acquired by Perfect World, a large operator of Chinese MMORPGs, uh, earlier this year. Wait, Uh, now Perfect World, is that run by Kadeem Hardison? Kelvin Lau, the CEO of Perfect World, indicated that he believes the game will have more potential in the North American and Chinese markets if relaunched as a free-to-play title. Is Whitney going to be a selectable character? And added that his company already had extensive experience in the free-to-play market. I mean, so Whitney, will they give any credits to those who paid for like a lifetime membership? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to goddamn find out. Somebody's butt is burning. Oh. I will say, after learning this news, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go log on and and see what's up. Because it's been a long, <laughs> what are people saying in the board? Still there? Long time. And my ship's still there. Everything's still there. What was amusing is when I logged in after the extremely long patching process was that almost this matrix level scrolling of stuff just started appearing on my screen. Apparently they have been awarding me shit for my characters for being a part of their game for all this time for being a, a, a lifetime, lifetime subscriber. There you yeah. go. So I apparently my character is a god that I have to go figure out how Q? to work. Is it a Q? Is it a Q or is he Apollo? Uh, the, you know, actually I think <laughs> the Q's in there are the, are the the players that come and help you when you have problems. Oh, okay. So he's Apollo. Or, or are you at the center of the galaxy? And like Shatner's like, why does Todd oh need God. a starship? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I share some measure of guilt on this because uh, I actually talked him into getting my lifetime membership. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, way to go. But I can guarantee that they're going to make some kind of capitulation. Because every free-to-play game is a... You know, you have to buy more stuff mm-hmm. to oh. to add on to your character or whatever. And so they'll probably give you, like, <laughs> you get so many credits every month and blah, blah, blah. I'm not a Klingon. Life. I'm a man in jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I approached it completely logically. I mean, he came up to me and said, this is how much they're offering me a lifetime subscription for. And by and the I, way, listeners, keep in mind, we've never mentioned how much that lifetime membership costs. No. Go on. Anyway, he, he presented me that, and he said, this is what it costs to have a lifetime membership. And I said, well, knowing you, you play for about six months, take about a six-month break, and then you end up going back to an MMO for about six months. And you do this repeatedly. If you were to do that with this game, you would already have spent what the lifetime membership would have cost. And he's like, hmm, okay. It was about and then 200 he, if I remember right. Uh, I wasn't pressuring you to. to no, no, to no. Say. But like, we, why not? I mean, at the time, it oh seemed like a reasonable only space dollars, though. Yeah, I gave him two hundred space dollars. There's no currency in space Star bucks? Trek. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, Zaboid Games, uh, who created Breath of Fire Seven and Cthulhu Saves the World, uh, Penny Arcade Expo gave one of its biggest surprises by announcing its takeover of the On the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness adventure game series. 
Uh, thought discarded after former developer <laughs> Hothead left the project to pursue other IP like Death Spank. Uh, Zaboid revealed its production of the series' third episode, expecting a release date sometime next year. A bit of gameplay departure from the previous episodes is expected, although project lead Robert Boyd has confirmed that no prior knowledge of the franchise will be required to play the third installment. Boyd also confirmed that a different gameplay style of his company's past RPG throwbacks, although no details were offered. A, uh, the company also reported being in the planning stages of the game ever since Cthulhu Saves the World first hit Xbox Live Indie Marketplace over a year ago. And that can only bring us to the big list, gentlemen. Yeah, big, big list. list. Yeah. Woo! The big list. Uh, this was just too. Uh, this this combination was just too amusing to let go. It's a very simple big list. It's the top five most outraged comments on uh, the Star Wars Blu-ray alteration. Oh, oh boy, yeah. I was yeah. I was wondering if you were going to bring this. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. yeah this this was combed together. Uh, Blaster put this together. Horrible ass from uh, from sites all over from. Uh, the nerdist in there and Jesus Christ I just saw today that they're fucking with Empire I'm just like god yeah. damn you it just it just continues stop touching it some weird sound that Obi-Wan makes at some point and yeah, Empire show us on the doll thing. where George Lucas touched you <laughs> so here it is the uh, top five uh, most outraged comments according to blaster.com and uh, they're not like ridiculous oh my god I'm going to kill you and shoot myself kind of things they're kind of actually kind of thought out bits so at number five this is uh, from James Gray from the New York Times his comment uh, George Lucas, if you're reading this, please, please stop all the awe, all the respect, all the reverence that was given to him 20 years ago evaporates a little more every time he makes these thoughtless alterations. Instead of going down in history as one of the cinema's greatest movie makers, he'll go down as Exhibit A for when a single person gets too much control over their massive IPs and is accountable to no one. Star Wars may be his but it's a large part of my youth as well, and I resent his brainless actions. Number four, from Eric, who commented at The Nerdist. <clears throat> I took my old VHS editions pre-1997 and transferred them to DVD long ago. What if Picasso saw fit to go back and retouch paintings he'd done earlier in his career? They'd be worthless now. I mean, how contemptuous can you get of your fans? I, the next time I get a chance, I need to get bootleg. VHS DVD copies. Damn. Because I've got the special editions, but it's still not no, the they, same. No. It's close. Empire, he didn't really fuck with too much. We hope. For the special edition. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, number yeah. three. He's never really happy with them, and I get that. But you can't add new effects every three years to sucker us out of more money. New scenes, characters, effects, ships, and a new way to blow up a Death Star. As a filmmaker, of course, you always have slight regrets, and a film is never going to be as good as you want it to be, or exactly how you pictured it being. But for Luke's sake, George, let it be. Spend your days making new movies. Spielberg hasn't changed the way E.T.'s ship takes off, but he did make some changes in that re-release. He did. Or fix the continuity problems in Jurassic Park. If you need a hobby project, then go back and fix THX, because that one sucked, and at least you don't have any fans to upset. Oh! <laughs> wow! It really is an awful movie. <laughs> and that was from Adam Murphy from Deadline. Uh, number two. Lucas is turning out to be Darth Vader himself. At first, he was the good guy. But then he became the true villain of the Star Wars saga. One can only hope he'll repent on his deathbed, though by then I can't imagine very many will care anymore. From Gray Smith from Boing Boing. And finally, number one. I wonder if with the changes every three years or so, by 2045, the films will be so different that they're going to have to release the original tri trilogy unedited in Red Ray 3D. 
all over again with small alterations here and there until there's finally a Red Ray 4D Ultimate Mega George Lucas Jr. Edition featuring the six original movies plus the 2011 Blu-ray re-edition post-converted 2D's director's cut with six bonus features in the theatrical re-release including deleted 2D scenes post-converted to 3D but with the 211 Blu-ray alterations. Stop milking, please, please. From Dylorian from Slashville. I'm going to save for that one. You're going to have to. (laughs) You're going to have to save big time. And this is all, all these complaints are leading up to one thing. One wonderful thing that was shared to us from SaveStarWars.com. Here is a speech that Lucas gave mm. before Congress in 1988 denouncing the practice of altering films. Oh! <clears throat> it's a little long, but stay with me. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll listen to all it. Right. I'm, I'm intrigued. I will try to give my best George Lucas voice. This was right around the time of Turner purchasing all those films and yes. getting ready to colorize yep. them, I take Me, it? That's it. Got it. Right. My name is George Lucas. I'm a writer, director, and producer of motion pictures and chairman of the board of Lucasfilm Limited, a multifaceted entertainment corporation. I'm not here today as a writer, director, or as a producer, or as the chairman of a corporation. I've come as a citizen of what I believe to be a great society that is in need of a moral anchor to help define and protect its intellectual and cultural heritage. It is not being protected. The destruction of our film heritage, which is the focus of concern today, is only the tip of the iceberg. American law does not protect our painters, sculptors, recording artists, authors, or filmmakers from having their life work distorted and their reputations ruined. If something is not done now to clearly state the moral rights of artists, current and future technologies will alter, mutilate, and destroy for future generations the subtle human truths and highest human feeling that talented individuals within our society have created. A copyright is held in trust by its owner until it ultimately reverts to public domain. American works of art belong to the American public. They are part of our cultural history. People who alter or destroy works of art in our cultural heritage for profit or as an exercise of power are barbarians. And if the laws of the United States continue to condone this behavior, history will surely classify us as a barbaric society. It is important because it goes to the heart of what sets mankind apart. Creative expression is at the core of our humanness. Art is a distinctly human endeavor. We must have respect for it as we are to have respect for the human race. These current defacements are just the beginning. Today, engineers with their computers can add color to black and white movies, change the soundtrack, speed up the pace, and add or subtract material to the philosophical tastes of the copyright holder. Tomorrow, more advanced technology will be able to replace actors with fresher faces or alter dialogue and change the movement of the actor's lips to match. It will soon be possible to create original negative or whatever changes or alterations the copyright holder of the moment desires. The copyright holders so far have not been completely diligent in preserving the original negatives of films they control. In order to reconstruct old negatives, many archivists had to go to Eastern Bloc countries where American films have been better preserved. In the future, it will become even easier for old negatives to become lost and be replaced by new altered negatives. This would be a great loss to our society. Our cultural history must not be allowed to be rewritten. There is nothing to stop American films, records, books, and paintings from being sold to a foreign entity or egotistical gangsters and have them charge our culture, change our cultural heritage to suit their personal taste. 
I accuse the companies and groups who say that American law is sufficient of misleading the Congress and the people for their own economic self-interests. I accuse the corporations who oppose the moral rights of the artists of being dishonest and insensitive to American cultural heritage and of being interested in only their quarterly bottom line and not in the long-term interest of the nation. The public's interest is ultimately dominant over all interests, and the proof of that is even a copyright law only permits the creators and their estate a limited amount of time to enjoy the economic fruits of that work. There are those who say American law is sufficient. That is an outrage. It's not sufficient. If it were sufficient, why would I be here? Why would John Houston have been so studiously ignored when he protested the colorization of the Maltese Falcon? Why are films cut up and butchered? Attention should be paid to this question of our soul and not simply to accounting procedures. Attention should be paid to the interest of those who are not yet born, who should be able to see this generation as it saw itself, and the past generation as it saw itself. Well said, 1988 George Lucas. Yeah. 88 George Lucas doesn't like a modern George Lucas. No, I... You know, you had that, that quote in there about him uh, becoming b- basically Darth Vader. I swear to God, I remember some interview with him where he kind of compared himself to Darth Vader. Really? Now, as a as a much older, you know, he's like, you know, he's become the very thing that he fought against in you know the seventies and the early eighties. You know, but he's become a corporation. He's become, yeah, you know, the oh, head yeah, of but a corporation giant. fucking with the, with the artist's yeah. work. So yeah, and then now that he has to you know protect his. IP from, you know, I all love that. I mean, as things. human beings, we are basically all hypocrites when it comes down to it in, in some small or large way. However, this is this is pretty impressive. Yeah, what a turnaround. The only thing I can say though is that you know, like people mentioned with bootlegs of the uh, VHS, is you can actually get the original. You can actually dig around and get the original. So whatever changes he makes. Uh, actually, you can dig around and get the original if you so desire. But well, not this, officially. Yeah. yeah, this sounds like idealist George Lucas before he had kids because there have been a lot of people that have written about when he you became a father. Kids have kids destroy your idealism? Not necessarily what I was getting at, but sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I like... I've had many people yeah. that have had children say that it, you, you changes your worldview and you want to protect them from everything. And pre-children George Lucas obviously was a little edgier and, had, and took risks and so forth. And now he's trying to make everything he does very kid-friendly because he wants it to be something that his children would. Right. He even said that. He even yeah. said, like, like the, he, he actually explained the whole Han shoot first thing as just that. When you're a father... That's something you, you don't want to teach your kids, you know. So, although it's actually good advice. If they're going to get you, get them first. Yeah. Han is an anti-hero anyway. I mean, he's well, not... Well, oh, 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 That becomes... I'm not, I'm not re- saying it was a good choice because no, he, he effectively destroyed Han Solo's arc in that yeah. movie when he oh, did yeah. that moment. He absolutely changed yep. that character but, but in that, that one mean, instance. I'm just pointing out, he himself has admitted yeah. that he does those changes and a lot of it's being a dad. And Spielberg did the same thing with E.T. when he oh took, turned the, uh, the gun to walkie-talkie. Walkie he's holy mackerel. Yeah. And Spielberg now is actually... Uh, publicly said when people ask me what et to watch i tell them the original hmm? yeah so but it, to his 
to his credit, though, Spielberg hasn't changed a lot of the things that he's done. Wow. He's, he's made little well, he tweaks here and there. Well, he hasn't really remade yeah, anything, no. re-released anything. With and them. he's got the time and the money to do it. Yeah. Well, he's going to colorize Schindler's List, right? Yeah. That's coming up. Okay. What? Yeah. Well, it was shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Mike darted out some fudge. That was a good one. <laughs> Good one, Commander. There wasn't enough extra, so they're going to digitally well, put you some know, more in. Interestingly enough, he could do that if he wanted, because there were several yeah. scenes that that Spielberg shot in color mm-hmm. where they removed the color to make it black and white. Mm-hmm. So were he in that mindset, he could go back and yeah, colorize sure. Schindler's List very although, easily. Although, just I essentially mean, reprinting it. We're, we're, we're off the track now, but Schindler's sure. List was in black and white, actually, because it helped to mute a lot of the horror of what was in That yeah, movie, yeah. in color, would have been very fucking hard to watch oh, from absolutely. Stim to Stern. It's called Escape absolutely. from Sobibor. Oh! But no, a, a great movie. Yes, Spielberg is. Is, is pretty good about leaving his stuff alone even well, if he says he wants well, to well Lucas 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 has had that kind of issue for a while one of the cool things I read when he was talking about filmmaking art and stuff like that this was a long time ago he quoted and I forget who it is some French uh, film author who actually said films are never finished they are oh. abandoned yeah because it's sort of like you eventually reach the point where it's like oh fuck we gotta get this out and it's like we're you know so no sure. more tinkering, no more editing, no right. more this or that. And obviously that is something that plagues Lucas when he, when he puts out these movies, and he always He's looks obviously plagued by something he doesn't do anything else anymore. Well, that's the bane of the artist the, in, in general. No artist is ever a hundred percent happy with the work that they have created. Well, sure, but. But then again, that's part of the point too yeah. of your art is to you know it's like the the story of the, the the Middle East rug crafters who are teaching their their students to make to weave the rugs and they actually incorporate the students' mistakes into the design of the rug. Yeah, absolutely. So the the flaws become a part of the work. Absolutely, which and you could definitely say like for Paul's jokes. Yeah. Hey, no, that's that's actually a big tenet of improvisation. Mm. There you go. But, uh, the along the, the side, gold is in the mistakes. There are no mistakes in improvisation. They become part of the larger pattern. There you scene. go. Yeah. When there's something that goes awry. That's when something interesting occurs. Um, or you have uh, Elon Slees Bugano. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the one of the things that uh, in many art schools they try to teach their students, and I and I'm probably misquoting it. So if there's any art students out there that want to correct me on this, please feel free to email us. Um, but yes, <laughs> no, it, it's something to the fact of, uh, and I'm, I'm probably tearing this right up here, God uh, damn it. that you, you're never going to be happy with your finished product, but judge your final work based on what the public sees your art to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if, if the public just like loves the, your art, like Christ dipped in urine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Perspective. But like you know, if if the you know, for instance, we who grew up watching the original Star Wars, we like it for what it is. You know, it was not the first time we've seen this type of story before, but it was the first time it was presented in this way and it was very enjoyable. And now it's gone through you know a multitude of changes, too many to count. It's not the same movie that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. So that that piece of art that we saw in the theaters as young children and then later on as young adults is not the same piece of art. It's it's almost as if it has been counterfeited 
and shown to us again. And like, wait a minute, this is not the same, same painting. This is not the same film, etc. That we saw before. Something is a little off uh, about this. It's, it's like right. it's like Michael Keaton in Multiplicity. Yeah, <laughs> a copy of a copy of a, clone, a copy. Yeah, multiple clones. Oh no. Anyway, Attack of the Multiple Clones. <laughs> so that's your message for this week, folks. Embrace your flaw. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go embrace my flaw. That's all the time we have. Yeah. Paul embraces his flaw every night. (laughs) 2.5 centimeters. Time for for a meat explosion. (laughs) (laughs) But if you got something to say, write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Watch the Ugly Couch Show itself. We tell you what to watch, what to read, what to play. Do us a favor if you're uh, listening on the old cast of potting. Uh, jump on uh, the iTunes and give us a five-star review because you know we're that good. <laughs> like so us on Facebook. Do it. Like the page. Recommend this episode because, you know, this one you definitely can. Yeah, the language wasn't <laughs> that bad. You we think? are still uh, running the contest, folks. But, hey, if this uh, if this uh, episode was dirty enough for you, hey, we'll be back next week. So. Buttholes yeah. full of blood, everybody. <laughs> Dick ass Buttholes Dick full ass of fart. blood. Oh, Until then, I am Master Dorgo. Buttholes full of blood. 80s Jeff. Commander K, Dart and Fudge. <laughs> Just Michael. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Dart and Fudge. That sounds like a, a <sighs> pattern for a, No, it's a new Sith. Dark Fudge. That's Dark. the name of my next... <laughs> the name of my next character. And that's a sequel to Barton Fink. Dart and Fudge. The circle is now complete. <laughs> Barton Fink. That sounds Barton really good. Thank you. <laughs> it's easier with this lavalier mic instead of the microphone that Paul uses. <laughs> you saying Koopa? <laughs> I want a lightsaber and a case of Pepsi doing that on the radio. Stomp, 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 stomp.